Hey everyone, it's Todd. Just in case you missed it, I've been doing these live shows on Fridays. And you can check them out by going to getvocal.206geek.com. That's G-E-T-V-O-K-L dot 206geek.com. They're live on on Fridays at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 Eastern. And um, they get saved there on the website. And they also get simulcast on on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Um, so if you're already following the podcast, you should be able to find the videos there. But if you want to be a part of the live show, you can by going to that, going to getvocal.206geek.com on Fridays at 4 p.m. Pacific. It's getvocal.206geek.com. And if you're not able to because of work and or other obligations, it's okay. You can check out the recorded episode on the same site. They're going to be there in the previous episodes or past episodes. Um, I don't know if I'll ever post those episodes here, although I might. So stay tuned and check it out on Fridays, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 Eastern. We should, like, go and, like, hang out with Todd. <laughs> Whoa, it's Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Todd's even cooler than we thought. <laughs> Boys, I'm looking for a fella who goes by the name of Todd. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> He's cool. <laughs> Todd would make, like, a good manager or something. <laughs> <laughs> Todd roll. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the 206 Geek Podcast with your host Todd, the 206 Geek. Alright, hey, I'm live. I'm now streaming here on Get Vocal, as well as Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. And, you know, I decided today, um, because I normally put out a new podcast on Mondays, I figure, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and record it using Get Vocal. And then I'll take that MP3, and then I'll put it on Anchor. And then, so those of those people who actually listen to the podcast through the normal feed will uh, hear how this sounds um, through Get Vocal. And hopefully this sounds okay. I haven't actually listened to the audio from one of these yet, so... We'll find out, I guess. Anyways, I have a few things to talk about today. Um, some of the stories I have here. Warner Media boss calls out Amazon for not putting HBO Max on Fire devices. Yeah, what's up with that? Um, and then we have Disney's new Tron movie with Jared Leto lands Oscar-nominated director. I didn't know they were doing another movie. That's amazing, though. And then we have... Um, Disney Plus's Star Wars Rogue One spin-off series cast and uh Andrea Arjona as lead role in lead role even. Alright, and then we have SpongeBob SquarePants is getting a spin-off series. The Patrick Stars show is coming to Nickelodeon. 
SpongeBob has been around for a very long time. I'm I'm surprised this hasn't happened sooner because considering it's been like the most popular show on Nickelodeon in probably the last couple decades. Yeah, I'm surprised it didn't have at least one or two other spinoffs. All right, and then we have then we have the Saved by the Bell reboot trailer. It has been released. So if you haven't heard. Um, Saved by the Bell is getting a new series, and I believe it's on. I believe it's on. Um, was it? it's on Peacock? So yeah, we'll talk about that. And then we have a story here from Heroic Hollywood: the top ten Superman suits in film and TV. So I'll we'll go through all that, and I, I may even actually go ahead and screen share some of this stuff, so you guys. If you're on the, watching from the stream, you'll be able to see those. So we'll get to that one too. And then uh, Grant Morrison says his The Flash script was like Back to the Future. So we'll go through and figure out what that's all about. If, that's, if that movie's still even happening, I don't know. I haven't heard anything recently about The Flash movie. I know that it's still, ha supposedly it's still happening. All right. So for some reason, this next page, oh, here we go. I was going to say this next page wasn't loading, but it looks like the producers of the X-Men animated series from the 90s might get a possible revival on Disney+. Plus. So we'll talk about that. And then we have, uh, let's see here. Unsolved Mysteries investigates who framed Roger Rabbit. This is a story that was that was posted on the Nerdist. Let's see here, and then we have somebody has a somebody has built a hologram machine that will let you visit. Um, Friends and Revive the Dead. I wonder I wonder how far away that is from actually being a thing. So those are all the stories that I'll be talking about today. And uh as as the last couple times that I've I've done a uh at least the last time anyway, the last time I did a get vocal live uh had nobody in the chat room, which is fine. I'm just recording this podcast here. I wasn't really expecting anybody to jump in, but if you're watching from one of the other streams, Facebook, Twitter, or Twitch, come on over to get vocal. It's G E T V O K L dot two Oh six geek.com. And you can see the live stream there and be a part of the chat room. Cause I'm not really, I'm not really watching any of the other locations for, for comments and stuff. And uh, let's see here. The first story was Warner Media. All right. So this is what it says here. HBO Max's chief is talking, uh, taking aim at Amazon for their decision to not have the app on Fire devices. Jason Killar sat down with Bloomberg and told the publication that the fact that HBO available on fire sticks lays 
at the feet of the tech giant, not their company. When asked what they could do about it, he quipped, call this, <laughs> call the Seattle folks. But, uh, that wasn't, that wasn't the only dis- uh, ex- explosive statement the executive had ready to make. If Amazon were truly focused on ju- just on the c- consumers with fire devices, HBO Max would be on fire devices. The consumer, the consumer wants it. Well, that's true. Cause I definitely want it. Um, Especially considering there's rumors floating around that uh, that uh, DC Universe is going to go away. I, I think I would have to replace DC Universe with HBO Max, right? I don't know. I, th- I think that it's, it's silly to, to not have this on... I don't know. It just it seems weird that it's not available. Let's see what else this says here. See, I'm gonna see if there's anything like, or is it just all complaining? I think it's all complaining, complaining that 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 Amazon won't 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 add or won't allow. It sounds like they just not allowing it to be available. I think you know what HBO Max. What they should do, they should they should. Uh, make their app available for sideloading onto fire devices. Um, or at least somebody should. Because it is available on, on Android TV, I believe. And if, if you can get that to load, if you can get that version of the app to sideload onto to your fire stick, or your fire TV cube, or whatever it is you have, it's, it's it's essentially the same platform because uh, the fire tv is is basically a a custom version of tv because it's all branded for amazon stuff but it's it's the same operating system so let's see what else here um the next story is the next story is Disney's new Tron movie with Jared Leto. See, that's the thing. I haven't heard that there was going to be a new Tron movie until I saw this. <laughs> I really haven't been paying attention to like my news feed the last the last week. So, if this came out in the last week, I about it. I just popped into my feedly list today and says, "What's on? What can I talk about on the podcast?" And. uh says Disney's new Tron movie with Jared Leto has now landed Leon uh landed Leon director or excuse me that's not Leon that's Lion god I I can read I swear I can um yeah <laughs> oh shut up you guys <laughs> all right <laughs> Jared Leto has now has now uh, with Jared Leto has now landed the Lion director Garth Davis. Davis has been quietly building acclaim on the indie movie front with projects like the 2016 Oscar-nominated movie Lion or the 2018 biblical film 
Mary Magdalene with uh, Rooney Mara and Joaquin Phoenix. Hearing Davis now partnering with the Oscar-winning Leto makes this pro- makes the, this project a Tron movie that will definitely be piquing the interest of both cinephiles and geeks alike. Deadline reports that Davis aggressively uh, fought for the the job and convinced Disney executives to give him give it to him. The latest script has gone was excuse me the latest script was done with Jesse Wiguto. I'm probably mispronouncing his name. I apologize or their name. I don't know if that, that Jesse is a male or a female because it's um. Anyways, it says here who who also did work on the script for the Crow reboot. I haven't heard about that in forever. I wonder if that's still a thing. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Let's see here. Actually, you know what? I think I will go take a peek and see if oh, I got uh What? Get I got a got a weird message from a friend. Hold on a second here. I normally don't look at my phone while I'm doing these things, but I was I was wanting to see how the streams are looking here. I think I should be able to open. Let's see. Click on the two geek and Scroll down. Okay. All right, no comments in there yet. Probably won't be. <laughs> All right, so I just wanted to see if there was the stream was actually going, and it was. And you know, I don't know. I just I also want to see if people are paying attention and commenting. And I usually don't see them until after I'm done when I've d- done these before. That's why I'm telling people if they want to, if they want me to respond to the things they're commenting on, they should come over to get vocal instead of commenting on Facebook or, or Twitch or even uh, Twitter, come over to get vocal G E T V O K L dot two six geek.com. And I'm recording this on Monday, the 10th, August 10th at around one fifteen. So, and I've been on here for about, well, I started around one o'clock actually, but um, all right, let's get back to the stories. Sorry, I got distracted there. All right. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, back at the podcast. Yes, back on track. Um, back at this story about Tron 3. Uh, Jared Leto was rumored for a Tron reboot in 2017, uh, playing a new character that at the time was named Ares. Ares? Ares. That project was said to not be... Uh, that project was said not to be a direct sequel to Tron Legacy, but rather a new story built out of source code of the dead script for Tron 3. Oh. So someone took elements of the Tron 3 script and made it into this other script. Okay. Okay, Leto recently got the fan base hyped when he seemed to indicate his Tron was still moving forward by playing tribute to the original Tron film on social media 38 years ago. This film was released. It sparked my imagination and changed my life. Happy anniversary to the one and only Tron. That's pretty damn cool. I don't, I follow him on, on Facebook, but I don't think I saw that. He probably did it, and it got buried under all the other stuff that comes up on my feed. It says, now with Disney+, Plus, I think there's opportunity to be creating content that we otherwise wouldn't have been able to create. So, uh, so, so I had lunch with Paul Hahn to further a bit of, uh, of a starring car starting. Ah, damn it, Todd. So I had lunch with Paul Hahn to further a bit of a starting conversation that we're looking to at making a sequel to Tron now. We're looking at Tron 3, and we've got a great script. I mean, a really phenomenal script that, that, that we're really excited about. Whereas the timing wasn't right to have it done. Wasn't right to have it done years ago. I think we feel like the timing is right now. Okay. Well, I... Yeah, I think it's just, you know, Disney's like, okay, we have this streaming service now. We need to start filling with, with some new content because we don't necessarily want to throw everything on it that we have that's all of our old stuff. We haven't converted to digital or whatever. That's what I'm thinking anyway. All right. So, and and if you've if you've ever listened to my podcast on a normal feed, I tell people that uh, all the stories that I talk about on the, on the show will be in the show notes. And if you want to see the show notes, you go to notes.206geek.com, and they will be there um, shortly after I'm done recording. Actually, I haven't. I wasn't thinking about that today. I should have actually. I should have done all that before I started streaming. That way it was available for people to look at while they're watching. Assuming people are watching right now. You know what? Here, this is what I'll do. This is what I'll do. I will go ahead and bookmark all these tabs. And then I can grab those bookmarks and uh, put them into 
a notepad. Let's see, there we go. And I'll do this right now while I'm thinking about it. Cause let's be honest, man. There's there's nobody currently watching. <laughs> Come on. Why are you being such a pain in my ass? There we go. Here we go. I'm going to go ahead and copy all of this. Copy. And then I'm going to open up. My note, my, uh, my notes, which is on, on the Facebook page. If you go to, like I said, if you go to notes.206geek.com, it takes you to the notes section of the Facebook page for the podcast. And I'm going to put them in there right now for everything to, to flip and load. doesn't want to probably cause I'm streaming. It's moving really slow right now. Come on, hurry up. Thank you. Jeez. All right. Come on. You can do it. All right. Come on. <laughs> As I wait here for everything to fucking load. All right, come on. Here we go. And title. Episode 101. Thanks. Okay. All right, and saving that. All right, so now you can go to notes.206geek.com and you will see the notes from today's episode. So you'll see all the stories. They're there. All right. Okay. Close that. Don't need that open anymore. I can close that. What is this? All right. <laughs> I keep I keep thinking I'm gonna have somebody in the in the chat room saying, "Dude, this, this, this." I'm like, yeah, okay, there's nobody watching. Doesn't really matter. All right. Let's go on to the next story here. While I'm well, that's loading over there. All right. So Disney Disney Plus's Star Wars Rogue One spinoff has cast Andrea Arjona. I think or Arjona. I don't know. It's probably a J sound, but it could be a Y sound in the lead role. And this is what it says here. 
or maybe it's Adria, A D R I A, Adria. Yeah, I, I, you know, that's the thing. When you watch videos of people who say names like that and they and they clearly fuck it up, I wish they'd say, "Oh, you know what? If we we if we mispronounce that, we're sorry." They never do that. They just keep going. Maybe that's what I should do, but I always feel bad for possibly mispronouncing somebody's name. So I always apologize for butchering someone's name. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's one of my my uh, quirks. <laughs> she uh, says, Adria is joining the cast of Disney Plus's upcoming Rogue One prequel series. The Star Wars series stars Diego Luna as Cassian Andor, the rebel spy from Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Deadline broke the news, noting that Disney Plus representatives declined to comment. There are no details on Arjona's character. Again, apologize. But she is said to co-lead the show up, uh, opposite Luna. Rogue One writer uh, Tony Gil Gilroy is the series showrunner. In addition to Luna, the show show's cast includes Alan Tudyk returning as the voice of droid K25 250 and Genevieve O'Reilly reprising her role as rebel leader Mon Mon Mothma. The series also stars Stellan Skarsgård, Denise Groh Denise Go and and Kyle Stoller. Okay, I'm getting I got a comment. What is this? Oh, it was for. I posted a thing today on Facebook saying, "Name a movie or TV show you feel everyone has seen but you." And so far, we've got uh, Maisha says she's never seen Footloose. And Kari says she's never seen Caddyshack. Interesting. You know, that's fine. I mean, those are great movies, you know, in their own right. But if you're not into it, you're not into it. That's fine. I don't I don't necessarily think it's weird that people haven't seen these these. Movies that are like huge in pop culture. All right, back to the story here. According to a synopsis of the series, the Rogue One, the Rogue One uh, prequel, follows the adventures of rebels of rebel spy Cassian Andor during the formative years of the rebellion and prior to the events of Rogue One. Uh, Diego Luna will reprise the role of Andor which he originated in, in the 2016 film. The, uh, the rousing spy thriller will explore tales filled with espionage and daring missions to restore hope to the galaxy in a grip of ruthless of the ruth, of a ruthless empire. I can speak. I can. Oh my gosh. Okay. In addition to the Cassian Andor series, the second season of The Mandalorian, there, there is 
there is also a live action Obi Wan series and another Star Wars show from the creator of Russian Doll. In de- in in development. Plus the animated Clone Wars spinoff, The Bad Batch. If you haven't signed up for Disney Plus yet, now's your chance to do that. I would go ahead if you haven't already got Disney Plus. Um, at the very least, I think they have a trial. Check it out. Do the trial and binge as much as you can during the trial. And then, you know what? If I think it's like, I want to say it's less than $10 a month if you do the monthly. So I'd say go for it. I say sign up for it. All right. Next story on the list of things to talk about. SpongeBob SquarePants. All right. So Patrick is getting his own spinoff series, the Patrick Star Show. And it looks like there's a trailer here. Hold on. I think I'll have to play it. Let's start this over. I love my life. I love you so much, Gary. I'll never forget the day we met. Oh, wait, this is the trailer. This is the trailer. Okay, never mind. <laughs> right. I thought it was a trailer for this for the Patrick Star show. Nope, not so much. All right. And it says here, this is all, all these stories so far have been from comicbook.com. I, you know what, I, I, I'm on their mailing list, so that's where I got, get a lot of these links, but I also subscribe to them through my feedly.com account. I, if you like this kind of stuff, you sh- I should, I think you should also sign up for, uh, for their mailing list on comicbook.com. But that's just me. SpongeBob SquarePants is undoubtedly one of the of Nickelodeon's most successful franchises, spawning 20 years of episodes, multiple feature films, a Broadway musical, and countless other games and in-tie-in media. The world of SpongeBob is already set to grow next year with the debut of Camp Coral, Sponge, SpongeBob's Under Years prequel series. But it sounds like it's about to get even bigger. A new report suggests that Nickelodeon is finalizing deals for another SpongeBob SpongeBob spinoff. SpongeBob. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Titled The Patrick Star Show. The project, which would center around SpongeBob's best friend, Patrick Star, voiced by um, Bill. You know, I've never been able to say his last name either. Uh, Fagerbach, I think is how it's said, but I'm, uh, I don't know. Um, would reportedly have a 13 episode episode order and share much of the same production team as the flagship series. Voiceover recordings have reportedly already begun for this the project. Mm-mm-mm says here, the Patrick Star Show will reportedly eschew the SpongeBob franchise's traditional narrative and will instead follow Patrick's 
hosting a late night talk show. It will re- <laughs> it will reportedly be in the same vein of other surreal and comic comedic talk shows, including the Larry Sanders Show and Comedy Bang Bang. The series is expected to feature a largely new cast of characters, including members of Patrick's family, which for those of you who remember all of the, uh, all the canonical, canonical drama surrounding Patrick's parents will surely be interest, surely be interesting. The cast members of SpongeBob SquarePants are expected to make occasional appearances reprising their roles. This news comes shortly after it was confirmed that Camp Coral will be arriving in 2021 and will be moving to the CBS All Access streaming service as opposed to airing on Nickelodeon. The CGI animated series will focus on SpongeBob and his friends as they head up, head to sleep away camp. The group will spend, will spend their time building underwater, underwater campfires, catching jellyfish and swimming in, in Lake Yuckymuck. The crazy, the craziest camp in, in the kelp forest. All the original cast are expected to reprise their roles. That's okay. <sighs> I don't know if I'll see this though. I was never into Sponge SpongeBob. It was that was that was a show my little brother was into when he was a younger when he was much much younger. He was uh, yeah, I think he was like f- four, five, six years old about the time that SpongeBob was hugely popular. I remember. I remember visiting my dad and in, in, uh, in my siblings over there in Port Angeles, and uh, <laughs> and uh, my stepmom was like, "Hey, hey, Joe, your your favorite shows on TV? Square Bob Sponge Pants." <laughs> and he's like, "Mom, it's SpongeBob SquarePants." Gosh, <laughs> I thought that was funny. All right. So the next story I have here is the trailer for the Saved by the Bell uh, spinoff series, I guess, or revival. They're calling it a reboot. So let's let's go ahead and check that out. Let's check that out. As we wait for it to load. Loading. Loading. Remember all the dances we had in this gym? Ever wish you could go back? Sure do. Winter Bayside is going to change our lives. Hey, buddy. You're an honor English? Yeah, it's an honor to teach me. These Bayside kids weren't exactly raised to have a killer instinct. I have a Kardashian coming out lunch. Who, Rob? Shut up. He's still in their family. Is it just me or the seniors at the school really old looking? Hey, Jamie, you heard you talking about the harvest dance. It's just you. <laughs> I'm so excited. I have way too much on my plate. There's a way to increase productivity. Are those caffeine pills? At first, they're so exciting. And then it gets even more exciting. But after that, it gets so scary. And in the end, you ruin your girl group shot at a recording contract. 
What? I'm so excited. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that actually was kind of funny. That was really good, yeah. <laughs> All right, this is what it says here. Peacock, the NBC Universal's new streaming service, has released then a new trailer for the upcoming Save by the Bell reboot. The trailer features returning stars Mario Lopez and Elizabeth Elizabeth Hurley. What? Her last name isn't Hurley, but okay. That's a different Elizabeth altogether. <laughs> Oh man. Oh geez, that's funny. Um <laughs> I mean, you know what? Comicbook.com hardly ever gets these kinds of things wrong. Elizabeth Hurley, that's too funny. I'm pretty sure I'm thinking of a, a different person when I when I read that out loud. Let me Google search that name real quick, making sure I'm thinking of the right person. That's too funny. Yeah, Elizabeth Hurley is someone else entirely different. Okay, that's funny. All right. <laughs> oh, wow, you guys. That's really funny. Um, okay, so with a callback to one of the show's most viral moments, watch the trailer above. In the Save by the Bell reboot, when California Governor Zach Morris gets into hot water for closing too many low-income high schools, he proposes that they send the affected students to the highest-performing schools in the state, including Bayside High. The influx of new students gives the overprivileged Bayside kids a much-needed and hilarious dose of reality. Yeah, that that actually looks like looks really funny. I, I'm looking forward to checking it out when it comes out. When is, it, when is the release date? Does it say here? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And by the way, they got it right towards the end of the article. They called her Berkeley instead of Hurley. Elizabeth Berkeley is her name. That's funny. Um, does it say the release date, though? The cast includes Lopez Berkeley and Mark Paul Gosser, Gossler, each reprising their re respective roles from the original show. And it lists a bunch of other people. I'm not going to read all those names. Let's see here. What does it say here about? There isn't doesn't there does not appear to be a release date for this. This I mean you. You guys heard that, and you know, the, like I said, the link is in the description, or the uh, go to, go to go to notes.206geek.com and look for the, the 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 link there for the story, and I'm sure you'll be able to check out the video for yourself. It 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 looks like it's gonna be really good. It looks funny. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. All right, so. Let's see here. The next story was going to be top 10 Superman suits in film and television. Let's see here. 
we have oh come on scroll <laughs> this is being such a pain in the ass right now so much so much um going on in this page my computer is having trouble loading this up as well as doing the stream that's awesome all right so the first one comes on the list is Dean Kane. Dean Kane's suit in Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, provide a proof that a Kryptonian could work on television as well as theatrically. The bold blue suit with the equally bright symbol stood out excellently on screen and captured the essence of the heroes pretty well. While it wasn't a radical redesign or reshaped of the Superman mythos, the show was great. Was a great way of modernizing the characters at the time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it was also like bright blue spandex, like in all the other versions of Superman on TV and in movies at up to that point, were like a kind of a muted blue. And they weren't like they weren't like super shiny spandex. They were tight clothing for sure, but they weren't like obviously spandex kind of thing. It says the next one listed here is Superman Red Sun. It is a storyline like an Elseworld story where Superman or uh, Kal-El crashes in, in the USSR instead of in Kansas and is raised by the uh, the Russian government. Uh, if you haven't seen the, the animated movie, it is available on, uh, on DC Universe, and it's probably available for rental on, like, Apple and Amazon and Google. It's, uh, it's worth checking out. At the very least, uh, you should be able to find the comic book on Comixology, a digital comic service. And uh, it's, it's a great story. This is what it says here. Um, yeah, pretty much just what I said. Okay. Yeah, Smallville. You know what? He didn't wear the, uh, the super suit in Smallville. Tom Welling never wore the suit. Um, this is what it says here. Superman's early years were expected uh, were explored in Smallville and gave gave us a few variations on his of his costume. Although we did briefly see Tom Welling with the classic design under his shirt in the in the final episode, we've been uh, he he'd been wearing the S for quite some time. From the early days of the of a blue shirt and red coat to the leather jacket design with the, the symbol on the front. The show managed to find inventive ways of getting around the traditional cape and tights. Our personal favorite is the trench coat and black shirt assemble. Yeah, I thought that was actually pretty cool. But yeah, no, Tom Welling never never wore the super suit. I mean, they... They show him like opening a shirt like traditional Superman, you know, pulling it open like that, um, and showing the S underneath. But the, and then you see Superman fly away in the full costume, but it's it that's not Tom. So, but uh, let's see here, the next one on the list is Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. DC managed to catch fans off guard with 
uh, this year with Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. It was pretty gritty, uh, pretty gritty, violent, and a perfect way of ending this chapter of their animated universe. But it also had some excellent new designs for Superman. There's the classic design where he wears. Uh, there's the classic design he wears to begin with, which feels slightly inspired by the New Fifty Two and later Rebirth eras of comics, especially with uh, his red belt. But it's after Darkseid wins that his look becomes really impressive. Uh, the first completely. He the first completely powers him after the Lord of Apocalypse tattoos a Kryptonian S under the hero's chest. Oh wow! Yeah, I need to rewatch that. Actually, that was actually a really good movie from what I remember. Tyler Hecklin. Yeah, see, no, that version of Superman I think is probably my favorite look. Although his costume is essentially uh, the same as what was that dude's name on Supergirl? Um, that prince from the other, the rival planet from Crypt of Krypton's. I don't remember his name right off the top of my head, but he, his his super suit that he wore when he was on the show was essentially Superman without the ass on the chest. I mean, you could, what's funny is you, when you watch that show with his character in his super suit, had the cape and everything, the colors were all different, but you could see that the, the, the pattern of the S, what the shield, the Superman S shield, um, the, the, the shape of it, the diamond shape was in the suit. So like you could see that it could have the Superman S on there. So I think it's the same, same pattern probably made, a little differently because Tyler Eklund is probably a, a different sized dude than the other guy. Oh, got someone who's popped in. Hey man, how you doing? Let's see here. All right. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing that the, the Superman and Lois series. It's supposed to be coming out like early next year, I think. Let's see here, the next the next super suit is Reign of the Superman, which is another animated one, um, which is actually a pretty good one. It's it's essentially the sequel to the Death of Superman, because it's when uh, after Superman dies, all these other people like start showing up claiming to be Superman. And uh, you find out later that one's a clone, another one is a robot, and then, um, what was it? Oh, then there was a guy who just had a really cool suit that gave him superpowers. It was a pretty good. And, and of course, Henry Cavill from the DECU. Hopefully we'll see that again, though, with uh, the release of the Snyder Cut next year. I'm not I'm not doing too bad, man. Thanks for thanks for tuning in. I got somebody in here over at Get Vocal. Let's see. All right, so should go ahead and so we have the Kingdom Come Superman, which is the one that Brandon Routh wore 
during the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover episodes on the Arrowverse, which I thought looked awesome. And then, of course, Brandon Routh again um, from Superman Returns is next on the list. And then we have the last one here is Christopher Reeve. And for a lot of people, Christopher Reeve will always be their Superman. And I think he was definitely my Superman for a very long time. And, uh, and I think that was part of the reason why I didn't watch Smallville when it first came. I was like, yeah, no, that's not Superman. <laughs> so, yeah, it's all right. Next story. Uh, let's see here. I got a, I got three more after this one. Let's see here. It says Grant Morrison says his the Flash script was like Back to the Future. This is what it says here. Uh, Grant Morrison recently revealed that his script for Ezra Miller's The Flash is hugely a science fiction story, a huge science fiction story like Back to the Future. Let's see. God, all these fucking. All right. Although there's been a number of creatives who've jumped in on and off Ezra Miller's The Flash, legendary comics comics writer Grant Morrison opened up about his script for the film and, and what it would have looked like on the big screen. He explained that to Collider that he and Miller worked on the script together was comparable to Back to the Future. The classic time-traveling adventure from Robert Zemeckis recently made headlines after one of the writers behind the 1985 film joked about a line from Avengers Endgame. Morrison also pointed out that the film director, Andy... Uh, God, I, I'm not even going to try to say this guy's last name. <laughs> Is it... He also pointed out the fact that that the film from director Andy, oh geez, Muschetti, uh, it's not Muschetti, Muchete, I don't know, won't use the script he wrote with Miller. Okay, so this is a script that isn't going to get used. That's too bad because it's it sounds like um. It sounds like it could have been cool. I mean, if 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 it's if it has like the same feel as Back to the Future. Back to the Future was, Back to the Future is amazing. The, the, and Robert Zemeckis even said that he won't allow anyone to do a reboot or a remake of that movie. The closest thing we got to anything new from Back to the Future was the Telltale game that came out like ten years ago. That was like the closest thing we'll ever get to like a a uh, episode four. Of uh, of Back to the Future, it's just it's it's never going to happen while he's alive. Those two guys will, you know, he and uh, the 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 one of the producers of of that movie said it's not going to ever get remade while they're alive. So it's going to be a while. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever see it in my lifetime if they ever do another one of those. Besides, if they did it, if they did it today. They wouldn't be going back to 1955. If anything, they'd be probably going back to like the 70s and 80s, you know, and actually probably 80s and 90s at this point. 
So, all right, next story. Next story is, I hope this is true, man, because it would be so awesome to see, like, new episodes of the X-Men animated series. At least a new X-Men animated series, period, would be cool. It says here, one of the one of the producers behind the X-Men animated series opened up about a possible revival of the fan favorite series with Disney. There's been talks about reviving the, the X-Men animated series with Disney, according to... And I'm just repeating the same goddamn thing. All right. Uh, Larry Houston, who worked on this with the series, discussed the possibility of revival on a virtual wizard world panel earlier this month. There's been plenty of recent conversation around the X, the X-Men with James Gunn recently discussing his favorite mutants heroes with some surprising inclusions. But Houston explained that the talks have only, have only gotten as far as letting Disney know that the team is available to work on the project. You know, I think it'd be awesome if if uh, if they if they did this because I loved that series. In fact, I started rewatching it on Disney Plus when it, when Disney Plus first came out. I need to go back and finish watching that series. Oh, here's this is cool. Be- Beast voice actor George Buzza 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 B U Z A. Uh, explained that the whole cast are up to reprise their roles as a mutant team, saying we would we would all love to do it. <laughs> that would be so awesome. That'd be you know it's funny is he actually made an appearance in the first X Men movie. He was the truck driver that gave uh, Rogue uh, dropped her off. Yeah. Let's see here. Then it says here, if we could do a special, a one-off episode, or a five-part episode, whatever they wanted to do, if we had all the original team, that would, that would that's what I would come out of retirement for. Yeah, that would be amazing. I would love to see that. Oh, my God, that would be great. All right. And the last two stories here, we have... Uh, let's see here. Unsolved Mysteries investigates Roger Rabbit. <laughs> Unsolved Mysteries is back. Netflix has res- resurrected the classic series about un- unexplained deaths, inexplicable disappearances, and strange phenomenon for a whole new generation. On, a, on that note, if you've got any credi- credible tips on recently aired cases, they're accepting calls. Now the show is looking back on one of the biggest scandals that ever rocked showbiz, the story of who framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> that is so awesome. This is probably just a, a thing that, uh, that the nerdist put together. I don't think this is actually going to be on Netflix, but if it is, that would be amazing. <laughs> Oh well, let's see. Here's a here's a video clip. Come on. There are a lot of open cases. 
but they aren't open like this one is open. This is the kind of case that will just drive you crazy. Somebody has to come out of the woodwork and give police somewhere to start with. Marvin Acme, a rabbit cacked him last night. What? Just like a tune to drop a safe in a guy's head. It's critical that we understand what happened here. What's this got to do with me? You're the private detective. You figure it out. You wouldn't have any idea where the rabbit might be, Mr. Valiant? He kind of just poof, vanished. The hole was pretty clean. I could fit through the hole with only a little clearance around me. The rabbit said one way or another, he and his wife are going to be happy. You didn't catch me, Mr. Valiant. You were set up to take those pictures. Now you had... A clue. The paper said Aki left no will. Every Toon knows Aki promised to leave Toontown to us Toons. That will is the reason he got bumped off. Now I've started to have the appearance of, hmm, foul play? <laughs> this whole thing's a setup, a scam, a save job. I'm looking for a murderer. <laughs> when they found the car. That really accelerated the case. I suspect that people thought it was a scam or a joke. A story of greed, sex, and murder. Give me another excuse. I'll pop you full of lead. He always is funny or only on days when he's wanted for murder. <laughs> that was pretty good. This is apparently something that the, the Nerdists actually put together. They took clips from the new Unsolved Mysteries and then worked in, like, parts of the movie. That's really funny. <laughs> All right. The last story here. This one, I... I suspect if this is actually a thing that's going to happen, it's going to be really expensive... And it would require lots of lots of uh, photographs and or video so they can uh, they can do this. It says here. This is also posted on the Nerdist. Hologram machine will let us visit friends and revive the dead. Portal Incorporated. P R P O R T L. A Los Angeles-based tech company has just released an AI-enabled story story file X X. Epic Portal Hologram Projection Machine The machine which looks like a cyberpunk telephone booth aims to allow people to visit others other as realistic holograms. Portal also says the hologram machine will be used to bring historical figures and dead relatives back to life. And there's a video here. Alright. This is off of Twitter it looks like. Some some costume characters 
in this box, and it looks like this looks straight up like science fiction. I don't think this is actually real. The fact that these people are giving off a shadow tells me that they're actually standing in this box. They're not holograms. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm thinking that this is probably just a... a yeah, I don't think it's real. <laughs> There's nothing that, that really says that, okay, other than them saying this is what it does, I think that, that those are just people standing inside of a, a fancy-looking box. Because I don't think we, I don't believe we have the technology to make holograms that realistic-looking. So I think those are just, yeah, I think it's bullshit. <laughs> All right. I think that is it for today. Oh, here's another video. Hold up. Portal 2.0 explained by inventor David Nussbaum. All right, let's see what this one says. Hey everybody, I'm David Nussbaum, founder of Portal, inventor of the Hologram Portal. Uh, it is a full-size, human-sized, uh, real-time holoportation machine that will literally beam your 4K holographic presence from anywhere to anywhere in real time. This is the first unit that we made, and we've made significant improvements. Uh, the unit to my right is our final prototype before we go to market. Uh, as you can see, same content, significantly brighter, and then we've got additional features that I will walk you through uh, over the course of this video. The first feature we're going to talk about are the embedded speakers. What you're looking at right now is uh, this is just raw sizzle. Uh, in the future, and when people place orders, this won't be raw steel, of course, unless you order it that way. Uh, they will be powder coated to match. Uh, the speakers are head level, and they are left and right stereo speakers, which we thought was important because to have a completely self-contained hologram projection unit, you have to have speakers embedded in the unit. Okay. The next feature I want to talk about is seven feet up. It's embedded in the bezel, which is called our forward-facing camera. Why do you need a forward-facing camera? For several reasons beams in from anywhere in the world using holoportation or hologram telepresence, they might want to see the audience that they're being beamed in front of. Uh, one of the side features to that is you'll also be able to hear and interact with the audience in real time. I'm pausing it for a second. This, this, if this is real, this would be amazing for doing like stand-up shows. This, this could, um, this would make for, this would make for, uh, you know, people being able to, to do shows without having to travel. You know, if, if this is real, bands could, like, do shows from the comfort of their own home. During the, especially during the whole coronavirus thing, 
the only way that I've been able to interact with other people is through like, um, like, like zoom calls or like through like here on stage it or not stage it, but, uh, on here on, on, um, I was thinking about staging as well, but here and get vocal. And uh, yeah, I mean, that, I haven't. I, the only time I've ever left the house is to go to the store to buy food. I don't really go out and I don't hang out with people. Um, but this would be awesome. This would be great for. I mean, if they had a big enough one to do like a whole band, that would be awesome. But I think this would be better for like stand up comedians and, you know. If they had several of these boxes, like lined up on a stage, you could even like do a band. If you had one big enough to show like a, a drum kit, and you know, then of course you have one for the drummer and like, or I mean the, the guitarist, the bass player, singer, and rhythm guitarist if they have one or not. That would be cool. I'm sure these things are not cheap though. Let's continue this video. We can network these machines together so you could beam from any one place into any number of places at the exact same time with the ability to hear see and interact with the audience you're being beamed in front of some other reasons why a forward-facing camera makes a lot of sense security these machines are uh, going to be uh, standalone units and you'll want to know what's happening around them so the camera will showcase that two more reasons motion capture if you are a uh, retail or hospitality establishment, when somebody walks, a visitor or a potential customer walks in front of the machine, it'll motion capture a piece of content. Maybe it's um, information. Oh, hi, why don't you uh, come on over here and let me tell you about my product. So that will work out really well. That's cool. And a final feature to having a forward facing camera is portal is also in artificial intelligence. The camera will also be able to recognize facial uh, recognition, which is where the future is going. And then an avatar will show up and be able to interact with you in real time. Think Siri or a hologram. In the original portal machine, we used three hotspots of light, which at the time I thought was a good idea. But as you can see, there's a lot of uh, errors when it comes to how the content is displayed in front of these hotspots. Some of the feedback we've gotten was it would look more solid if you had a full, even distribution of light. So that's what we did with our current model. But in our newer version, the side lights match the back, which match up, and I've got even distribution of light, which has never been seen before in the hologram effect industry. Uh, so that when there's a holographic effect, uh, presented inside of the machine, it appears solid no matter where you walk and you're not looking through hot spots of light, which I thought were really important. Uh, but we did leave some rounded blurry seams to create the amount of depth needed to really finish off that holographic illusion. In our original portal machine, it was created using seams. It was very boxy on the inside. And although you could see the seam cutting right through her legs right now, so it doesn't quite give us the effect that we're looking for of a solid person. When there's a line cutting through, the illusion is blown. And now with our new hologram portal, the entire thing is one piece, no seams. There's a curve that goes right from the floor, right all the way up to the back wall, all the way up to the ceiling. So there are no hard lines that cut right through the content, creating a much more robust, much more realistic image. The other feature that I thought was really exciting about not having a scene is there is no defined space. In post-production, I could create any amount of depth I want. 
You may be wondering, looks good, but is this easy for me to use? Yes, it's extremely easy to use. That's not uh, my first thought. My first thought is how expensive is this going to be? It's ready to go. Then the app appears on your phone or on your smart tablet, and it's got all the content you need right at your fingertips. You press a button, and the content shows right up. That is really cool. It's the closest thing we've ever had to like a holodeck thing. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the 206 Geek. And uh, thank you to the gentleman that was in the chat room. And uh, let's see here. I think that's pretty much it. There's nothing else. Like I said, everything as far as like the, the links to everything I talked about, if you want to check it out for yourself, you can go to you can go to notes.206geek.com and uh, you'll see the uh, episode 101 links. So, and uh, take care. Talk to you guys. Actually, you know, just letting you know, um, I will be doing another live show this Friday here on Get Vocal at 4 p.m. Pacific. That's That would be 7 o'clock Eastern time. And uh, I'm, I'm encouraging everybody, if you have the time and you're not, like, busy, to come to the Get Vocal and watch and be a part of the show. Interact with me. Because um, I think, I don't remember what I have for next week's episode, what the title of it is. But you can you can check it out and see what the shows are going to be about. And in fact, if people jump into the show, um, they, we could talk about anything really, but uh, I usually have like a topic on hand for each episode, but um, come check it out. And uh, if, if this sounded okay, then uh, great. If not, I apologize. <laughs> um, I, next, next week I will do a, a podcast episode from my normal recording setup. I just wanted to try this out see how well it how well it worked if it works well enough i might continue doing it this way that way i can have some interaction with people on the podcast and uh, talk to you guys next time And now is the part of the show where I like to thank those who support the podcast. And if you also want to become a podcast supporter, you can go to support.206geek.com. Thank you, Leanne P., for your support. And as always, if you want to see any of the stories that I talked about, you can go to notes.206geek.com and you'll see the notes for the current episode listed there. That's notes.206geek.com.